Welcome to the Brunton Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations of Car United Football Club. From Archie Blue to Martin Butler and Christian Ribeiro to Jamie Robinson, we've got it covered. This is episode 17 and today we're going to be looking back at the eventful midweek win over Morecambe, previewing this weekend's long trip down to Devon to take on Exeter City, discussing some of the latest news around Brunton Park and our usual look at what Exeter United players have been getting up to. I'm joined in this episode by one of my regular co-hosts and today it's Dan. How's it going mate? Yeah, not bad. All the better for three more points midweek. Yeah, you can't, can't really grumble, can you, really? You know, maybe not playing that well at the moment, but you know what? They're grinding out results, and that's the key thing, isn't it, at this stage? So. Yeah, uh, I think I think we would have took four points from the two games. Uh, that's what oh, we've yeah. got. Uh, happy days. Definitely. Uh, the four names today, do you know what connects them? It's a bit obvious, isn't it? Exeter. Yep, so they've all played for United and Exeter. Yeah. Interestingly, though, as well, the first two, Archie Blue and Martin Butler... Are also one game wonders. Archie Blue's a great name, isn't it? Brilliant name for a football, <laughs> isn't it? Superb. Yeah, and think... Chris, Christian Ribeiro, who was last seen on Homes Under the Hammer. Indeed, he was. Indeed, he was. Um, so, yeah, uh, Martin Butler, a little bit before my time. Did you see him play, I think, possibly? Would have been around about your time? He <laughs> <You> said, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly remember the name, but uh, no, he's, uh, he's, he certainly didn't do much that. Uh, Stands out for me. No. Okay, Dan, let's get straight into it then. Let's get into the news. Um, so, first one to start this week is the obvious one, isn't it? United have been drawn away from home in the open round of the FA Cup to face Southern League side Hayes and Yedding United. They're based in the London borough of Hillingdon, I think it is. Yes. Just, just, just yes. north of Heathrow, isn't it, I think? Yeah, basically, oh. if you go down the A40, target roundabout and turn right, it's before you get to Heathrow, basically. Yeah. Um... So yeah, the game's due to be played on the weekend of the 7th and 8th of November. And there's a decent chance, I would say at least 50-50, that we're going to be on telly. Because when you read the FA website, now it's not very clear about how this works, but it says that up to 16 games are going to be shown on telly. Now, this may include those BBC final score ones they've had where they just show the goals from the games. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think last year there was either five or six first round games shown across BBC and BT. Yeah. And I think there was... Nine or ten on that Sunday show, so well there was only would... there was only one on BBC, wasn't it? And that was our game, in the opening round last year. Yeah, yeah. So all the other five are on BT. So when you look at the um, the games, you think there's a decent chance there could be no fans at the first round games, is there, Dan? I think we sort of we wondering about this for the last few weeks for the announcement. Yeah, um, un- under the rules in the qualifying rounds, uh, they would have been allowed home fans, but the FA have taken the decision because the so-called elite-level clubs have come in now, that it's just, across the board, no fans at all. So I can understand why they've done that, because fans are so desperate to go to games. I think it could have caused a few issues, potentially, with people going to games when they probably shouldn't. So Yeah, um, yeah. 
I mean, also talking about TV, I I, uh, I tweeted a list of about nine games that obviously stood out from the, the old non-league versus league. Uh, I'd be amazed if FC United v Doncaster doesn't feature. Of course it uh, Tunbridge Angels versus Bradford City. Yeah. And Eastbourne Borough versus Blackpool. They're the three that really, really stand out. And then we're sort of in the next tier. There's there's another six I got, which was Oxford City versus Northampton, Maldon and Tiptree versus Morecambe, Hayes and Yedin versus ourselves, Eastleigh versus Milton Keynes, Borehamwood v Southend, and Hampton and Rich, Richmond versus uh, Oldham. Now... <laughs> Hampton and Richmond played Oldham last year in the first round mm. on TV, so that maybe won't get it. Possibly. And uh, did did Malden and Tiptree feature on telly last season? Maybe, maybe I can't yeah, remember exactly. But, but but what I would say is that um, I'd imagine those pot, there'd be strong contention for the Southend and Northampton games to be on telly because they're both struggling. And I think yeah. maybe the TV executives are looking to think, well, there's a chance of an upset there, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Which might work, unfortunately, might work against us because we're playing quite well at the moment. So Yeah, yeah. Love it. yeah interesting game, isn't it, uh, Hazy? And I think this is only the second time they've ever got to the first round. Isn't it? I think it was against Wickham a few years ago and they only lost 2-1. But I think this is, the f- this is only the second time they've managed it, from what I can gather. But but obviously, we'll do a full preview on that next week, won't we? We'll get a, get a bit more information about them and maybe try and get try and get someone from uh, down that way to speak to us, maybe, and... Gives a bit of a lowdown on them. Uh, um, X United players who've uh, played for Hazen Yedding. Oh, there was one, and it's uh, it's escaped my mind now. Oh, who was it? Who was it? Give me one minute, and I'll uh, I'll. Uh, do you know it? I do know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll say it then. Save me <laughs> searching for it. Jo- Joanne Yinsa. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Cause now there's a and there's uh, Mag- Magnus Norman was on loan for a little bit of yes. Yeah. I don't think so, he played though, did he? No, I, don't I think, he, I think he got an injury when he was there. Yeah. But mm. okay, so that's FA Cup. Uh, sorry, we'll let you know as soon as the uh, we know exactly when the game's going to be played. Um, and we'll, but, we'll we'll probably do a bit more in depth, obviously. Uh, yeah. Uh, next week uh, before yeah, that definitely, game, definitely. It, it, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because obviously we're waiting to see whether the game's going to be a live stream or not. I'd imagine maybe if if the game is one of those ones that's selected for the BBC to cover on final score. I wonder if they might just offer a free stream to that game on their website, possibly. I wonder if that's what they might look yeah, to do. Yeah, I, mean, um, I, Im- I would imagine the FA, will, they normally say by the Friday, the week before, so by the time this comes out tomorrow, we're recording on Thursday afternoon at the moment, uh, by the time it comes out tomorrow, it could well be that the uh, the TV picks are known. Yeah. Because obviously TV companies need to get the schedule sorted. Yeah, it's strange all the good Although they need to get scheduled, sort of, it's not quite as urgent as normal when normally, obviously, so fans can get to games. But yeah, yeah. Uh, second bit of news: international call-ups. So we've got another one, Dan. Um, following on from Coyote and Dewhurst recently, Dean Furman has been called up or recalled, sorry, by the South Africa for their back-to-back 2021 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers against Sao Tome and Principe. Now there's a. A popular name from a pointless answers, isn't it? Uh, down that yeah. one. Uh, Sp- speaking of pointless, it's six years ago today that I was on. Is it six years ago today? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It was aired six years ago today. Incredible. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that one day on because <laughs> you never you never miss a chance to tell anyone, do you? No, um, too right. Ex- yeah. As you should do. But so, no, uh, D- Dean Furman. I, th- I think he's he's been captain in the last couple of years for South Africa, yeah. and uh, no. Uh, 
he'll probably there's a couple of players based in the UK going over. Uh, Rangers new signing. Uh, I'm not even. I'll have to try and look up his name again to get it exactly right. But his name is because there's a few. I think there's one from Belgium. One of the keepers is from Belgium, isn't he? Yeah. And there's one it's, from Cincinnati. It's it's not my phone's not loading up at the moment. But oh. bon, Bongu Bongu Zuma, I think it was. Uh, that sounds like a made-up name. The way you were saying. Yeah, that, I know. It? I know. But um, but yes, Bongani so Zungu. That's it. Bongani, there you go. Yeah. So oh. Dean Furman will probably uh, probably end up uh, travelling with him. Yep. Um, the games take place on the 13th and 16th of November. That means Furman will miss the game, the Carlisle games against Cheltenham and uh, Villa under 23s in the end. Oh, God, I'm going to have to say no, I. The Papa John's Trophy. <laughs> Obviously, uh, South Africa have named their squad early and it wouldn't be a surprise if, say, next week we're talking about another call-up for Coyote and Dewhurst again. And could it be the point that we could actually claim for a postponement if we have three call-ups? I mean, to be honest, if we did that, I'd only want to do it for the league game. I don't yeah. see any point oh, in yeah, yeah, the trophy yeah, game. Yeah, just get yeah. get that out of the way because we're out of the competition anyway. Yeah, yeah. Just get that yeah. game play. Stick the young lads in if you have to. Yeah, yeah. Give Lewis Bell a run out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he'll definitely miss those two games. Um be interesting to see whether he has to self-isolate when he comes back, though, because that would mean he maybe miss a couple more. Yeah, uh, the, the lad from Rangers, uh, the reason I mentioned him was he was on Sky Sports News yesterday as just having completed two weeks' isolation after signing. So it, it, it seems very mixed that some players have to, some players don't. I wonder if it was uh, because he was in Scotland who were obviously doing their own response to the whole mm. COVID-19 you know, as a devolved nation. I do wonder if the, the, we might be like paying for extra tests just to make sure he's okay when he comes back. So, yeah, yeah. So, so or, or or FIFA struck UEFA etc. Uh, helping with the cost of all this, you know, because yeah. they're the ones who want uh, international football on. Yeah, indeed. Uh, okay, so that's international call up uh, rounded up. So next up, FA Youth Cup. So United under 18s will face Chester FC in the first round of this year's competition. It Can Decide will be in action on Wednesday, the 4th of November, kick-off 6pm at Brunton Park. Now, this game is going to be behind closed doors, isn't it, Dan? Um, yeah. We're not 100% certain if it's going to be streamed live or not, but we do know, obviously, the club bought some equipment in pre-season, didn't they, that allows them to do live streams yeah, away um, from the iFollow model. Yeah, the, the Carlisle United Supporters Group initiative uh, helped uh, buy the club some equipment for streaming, and uh, it was initially in response to... Gateshead saying we couldn't do it and that wasn't it and uh, it'd, it'd be a perfect opportunity so hopefully something gets sorted. Uh, yeah, hope so because it'd be nice to see the lads in action because I, I try and get down to a couple of games season just see it you know if there's any good prospects coming through. Yeah, anything, but, but they're always decent little games uh, mm. and I'm just thinking we've got uh, we've got a midweek match again next week coming thick and fast so we'll probably have an update on that in the episode recorded on Monday. Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll drop the cover message and see what the uh, situation was, is with that. It'd be a, a real shame if people didn't get to see some of these uh, lads in action because by all accounts there are some decent talented lads in there. Obviously we've mentioned Lewis Bell previously, haven't we? So, so yeah. Uh, okay, Dan, I think that's a news roundup for now. I don't think, think you've got anything else really I can think of that we need to discuss. No, not off the top of my head. No, indeed. Well, let's move on to the uh, match review then. So we're looking back at the Morecambe game, uh, the midweek one. United... Uh, were 3-1 winners 
against the Shrimps. Pretty quick start to this game, though, wasn't it? I don't know, it's fair to say. Um, yeah. Uh, two I, goals I in three minutes. I, I doubt many fans will have uh, had a chance to sort of get set in the seats by the time we took the lead and recovering from the shock of that and we go 2-0 up. So it was an incredibly quick start, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, so the result actually leaves us at fourth in the table after nine games with 17 points and a plus three goal difference. Currently five points behind first place Newport County, who we play obviously next Tuesday, and uh, one point behind third place Forest Green Rovers, uh, who we've still yet to play this season. We picked out some of the main talking points ourselves here, Dan, as well, but we've also dropped a couple in that people uh, suggested on the Be Just and Fear Not face group. First one, obviously, as we mentioned there, out of the blocks. What a fine start that was to the game. Um, the own goal came after 23 seconds and Mellish's goal was just two minutes later. That isn't our quickest goal of all time, though. I know at least one that's quicker and that David Curry scored after 20 seconds against Shrewsbury in 1996. Yeah, um, yeah. I was digging that one out and I was looking back at some of the goals he scored that season. Curry were unbelievable. You, yeah. you think about him in 94, 95, but that season he was brilliant as well. Uh, Jamie Devitt scored a quick one uh, the other season as well, didn't he? 28 seconds, I think yes, that one was. Yes, I think I was going to say it was slower. about 30 seconds roughly, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the problem is we've only really got highlights going back to nine, summer of 1988, I think it is, yeah. isn't it? The ones we've got. And then there's a bit of a gap as well. Strangely enough, it's weird this. How there's, a, there's a gap from about 2000 until about maybe 2009-ish when they started regularly doing the highlights a bit better. Obviously, we've got 2005 and six as well, but it's kind of weird, isn't it? There's quite big gaps. Are, 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 you, are you trying to say that the period under John Courtney was organised chaos there? Uh, possibly that, but also I think it's also it, it's it's more an EFL thing as much as anything. Things were not centrally stored very well. No, look, and, uh, you, I've got was, some of the highlights from around about that time, but the quality is absolutely atrocious. Was it videos. not also an ITV thing back then as well? Yeah, it was a talent to sport as well, ITV digital. Yeah, so yeah, it's all a bit, yeah. bit of a mess, really. That's yeah, the problem. So yeah. it's difficult, and um, sometimes it's hard to find out what minute the goals were scored in as well. So if anyone out there can remember a quicker goal that's in the last 32 years or so, we might be able to dig the highlights out and just double check it. So. Drop us a message in the usual channels and we'll we'll have a look for it. But um, how important do you reckon, Dan, our aggressive play has been this season? Because the thing that stands out for those goals is, particularly the first one, John Mellish is really aggressive on the press to get the ball away to Alessandra to obviously then lay it off to Coyote for the cross. It, yeah, it's impressive, I, I, isn't it? I, I, think, I think it's something we must have been working on because you look at two or three of our games and as soon as we kick off, we're at teams. There's no settling down for a couple of minutes and seeing how it's going to shape up. We just seem to, to go at teams and it it seems to shock some of them, doesn't it? I mean, Morecambe mm. would just... Morecambe haven't been doing too bad. I know they've lost away in the last couple of weeks, but we that first 20 minutes, we absolutely overwhelmed them. And mm. if, if we'd been 4 or 5 nil up in 20 minutes, they couldn't have complained. No, not at all. Interesting, so I mentioned Melish there, I was briefly touching him again. He really is settling quite well into that midfield role now, isn't he? He doesn't. He looks comfortable. He doesn't look out of place in there. He, he, even taking away the goals, the way he's playing, he's very aggressive on the front foot. He's get, playing the ball forward. He's. It, he looks I, I, would, I would say he's still very raw. You know. Oh there's, yeah, yeah. There's, still there's raw certainly, ones. certainly chips around the edges that need ironed out. But uh, obviously, the goal, the goals will have will helped him massively, uh, settled him down, and it's getting to the point now when he gets the ball sort of 20, 25 yards out, you're expecting something to happen, you know. Yeah. 
The thing is as well, if we're going to be playing this quite aggressive and it's sometimes direct play, he probably is the ideal person to have in that midfield, really. He's going to make an impact on games because of that. Next up, Greg Bullman, our friend of ours. Um, he wanted us to talk about two individual performances, particularly George Tanner and Callum Guy. We've talked about Callum Guy quite a bit recently, haven't we, really? So I think we all we all agree he's been brilliant over the last month or so. And the fact that he hasn't scored means he probably won't be up for it, but he probably should be up for League Two Player of the Month, really, then this month. He's been that good for us. But let's talk about George Tanner, the other player he wanted us to talk about. So Tanner, we said at the start of the season that we were a little bit worried that he was quite timid and struggling to really get to grips with playing regularly at this level, even though he'd had that loan spell at Morecambe last season, of course. But over the last few games, I think as a defensive unit, they really are starting to come together and he really is growing into that position, isn't he? And took his goal brilliantly as well. And it's not just that, though. Defensively, he's so much more aware now and he, he's not taking stupid risks, is he? He's getting rid of when he has to. I, I think some of what I said about, obviously, when he went to Salford in the second half of last season and didn't feature because of injury, I, I mentioned last uh, last time I was on something, maybe just took a couple of weeks to settle himself down, you know, because he was coming back from injury, again, like Callum Guy. And now he's, uh, he's hit full stride. I mean... Scoring your first league goal against the team where you made your league debut—it's—it's it's not a—it's not a bad uh, way to finish the game, was it? No, not at all. And it, the one—the only one slight criticism I'd have is I still think a little bit more often he should be taking on his man and getting a ball into the box. But he's definitely got better at that. He's, he he's definitely feels a bit more belief in his play, isn't there? Really, in the way he's approaching the. And the it, it, it could—it could be that Chris Beach has told him not to do that. True, you know, it's one, it's one know. of those things that quite infuriates me about modern football. And so many sort of wing players and fullbacks just seem so reluctant to just get the ball into the box. Quite yeah, often. yeah. And we know that Beach wants us to get balls into the box and be a bit more direct. So sometimes you think to yourself, to the players, just have a go. Yeah. Jimmy Turner yeah. is brilliant at that. He just gets the ball in the box when he has to. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's very aware. Next up. So I want to talk about defensive solidity, but dodgy on set play. So another game really where we generally look quite solid in defence, but it's the second game in a row we've conceded from a set piece from a corner. And there's been a few other goals this season, hasn't it, like that? So is that a slight concern maybe that we're not quite switched on on set pieces yet? Possibly. Uh, I mean, they, they got the goal back and there was a period where they sort of threatened to come back into it uh, as it was, we we broke away and Tanner put it beyond doubt. But yeah, it's maybe just something for the training ground, you know. Are the players still not quite sure of where they're meant to be for set pieces against certain teams, or is someone miscommunicating? But it it should come in the next few weeks, I would hope. Yeah, I mean, the other aspects of our defensive game definitely improved in terms of those. Particularly the centre back partnerships really coming along. The two full backs are looking more settled. So maybe it's just the next step is to right get ourselves sorted on set pieces. And I mean, Farmer's looking so much better as well. I and mean, he's making key saves at key times in games, isn't he? That one in particular, I think from was Adam Phillips, I think when he got through on goal. Yeah, um, yeah. So one of the few moments in the game actually where Aaron Hayden switched off a little bit and stood off the ball and let the lad come through. So, so yeah. Next up, um, so. Time to freshen up. Now, this one from Chris Gibson, who's one of the uh, moderators on the Beach Justin Fearnock group. Uh, he asked this question. So, is it a bit of a dilemma for Chris Beach at the moment in that the side's looking a little bit tired at the moment, but they're on a six-game unbeaten run? And you know what the old adage is, you, you don't change an unbeaten side. Yeah. It's, when it's, do you stick or twist? 
Yeah, I was just going to say, it's a classic stick or twist thing, isn't it? You know, because there is times when some of our players are looking a bit leggy, you know. Uh, Toure doesn't seem to last 90 minutes very often. Uh, Furman coming on seems to be his uh, default substitution in the middle. It's... Uh, I can understand not changing a winning team, but a winning team is able to withstand the odd change at the same time. That's so, true. I yeah, mean, it's, 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 it's a tricky one, isn't it? It, yeah. it really is. Yeah, in recent games, we sort of mentioned that Coyote was looking a little bit off the boil and maybe needed a rest. But actually, I thought against Morecambe, even though he didn't really have a goal for it, he was probably one of his best games for a while. He played out wide. He, he tracked back brilliantly and obviously set up the opening goal as well. I do wonder, I think sort of agree with you, I think maybe Toure a little bit of a rest and you throw him on for the last half an hour games against a tired defence. I mean, if they've been up against Gavin Riley as well before that, most likely, they're not going to really want to have to face up then against yeah, the trickery of Toure. As I was just saying, Furman's sort of a default setting at the moment and Riley for Toure seems to be the other one, doesn't it? So, you know, maybe maybe switch them round for a game. But... Yeah, I mean, we, we, we sort of mentioned, didn't we, I think in previous episodes that Beach still doesn't seem to quite have worked out how when to make subs. If you see what I mean, in yeah, terms of yeah. it's a difficult one for new managers because you come into it and it's, it's alright when you're assistant you can make all the suggestions you want, can't you? To the manager, oh, we should throw him on now or we should do this. When you're the one making the decision, your head's on the line. It's a little bit tougher, and sometimes it takes managers a little bit of a while to work out when they should be making subs in games. And I did think maybe on on Tuesday night again that you probably could have done with a sub a little bit earlier than. And we did get one, so I, I do wonder if, if if Furman might come in for this game at the weekend. Actually, just make us a little bit more solid against a, a better side, and obviously knowing that he's going to be away anyway for in a couple of weeks, may as well get him in now, get a few games under his belt, and then he can go away on his international duty. But yeah, yeah. but then again, maybe you'd argue you'd stick with the side because you don't want to have to chop and change it again in a couple of weeks. It, it's tough. It is it is tough for Beach, but the main thing to take from it is we're now what six games unbeaten. Arguably, the form side in the division, only Newport have got better form of the last six games, and they've lost a game in that time. Yeah, um, yeah. Up, up to fourth. There's not really much to complain about. We're not playing particularly well, but no, but we are playing okay. We're just not quite hit top gear yet, have we? Yeah, that, that, yeah. That's a good sign, I suppose. Yeah, I like, like we've said a couple of times, we're creating chances, and I, I know we scored three on Tuesday, but three should have been four or five, really, shouldn't it? And yeah. One of these weeks soon, we're going to absolutely wallop someone, aren't we? Absolutely. The, the missed chances is a bit frustrating. But as you say, I think especially when someone like maybe Riley gets his first goal, that'll make a big difference. And, you know, like I said, if, if Guy can get one as well. And I, I just think you might start to see suddenly everybody's confidence lifting the team. And like we mentioned before, you've got the likes of Patrick to come back as well. So, yeah, yeah. you know, got to take confidence in that. I think that's it, Dan. Have you got anything else you want to talk about from the uh, game? No, not not that I can think of immediately. No? Okay. Okay, Dan, then that's the end of uh, part one of the episode. Um, we're going to go take a short break, and after which we'll be back to look ahead to the long trip down to Exeter City this weekend.
Welcome back everyone and we're into part two now where we're going to be looking ahead to one of the longest trips of the season this weekend against Exeter City. I don't think it's the longest these days, is it Dan? I think bizarrely Crawley Town is a little bit longer in terms of the distance you travel. Probably because of the fact you have to go around the M25 to get there, but but I think yeah, it's, I think it's, Crawley's a little bit longer now. It's still hardly a jog down the M6 though, is it? <laughs> no, no, certainly not, certainly not. Um, it, 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 it's better though than Plymouth because for Plymouth you've it's almost motorway all the way to Exeter, isn't it? Whereas Plymouth, there's that last little bit of a slog that's on A roads. Yeah, yeah. So it's not not particularly fun. Okay, so let's have the interesting facts. Um, Exeter City were formed in 1904, same year as United, actually, when Exeter United and St Sidwell's United joined forces to establish a new side. The only ground they have ever played home games at is St James's Park. I always think it's a bit weird with them, St James's Park, and obviously they've redeveloped it in recent years. In a city that size, you've got a football club and a decent level rugby union club with two separate grounds. Well, they're an odd one, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean uh, the rugby the rugby team, especially uh, best team in Britain at the moment, mm. and uh, you know they're probably they're probably taking a bit of uh, fan base from football fans. I would say even at the moment, mm. but mm. I love this one. In nineteen fourteen, Exeter City travelled to South America where they had the honour of playing the Brazil national side. Was that the first team to play the Brazil national side? Something like that, weren't they, I think? Yeah. It was a big uh, fuss made about because I think, didn't they play like a Brazil legend side about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for their centenary, they did that. And what did we get for our centenary? I can't even remember. We didn't get anything, did we, in the end? It was a bit we, of a... we were rumoured to play Real Sociedad at one point, well, wasn't it? we? But... Was it not racing Santander? Oh, it was, it was one of the Spanish teams, and yeah. it just... It... It was around the time that Mr. X was meant to sign as well, wasn't it? And <laughs> Never yeah. worked out, did it? It was a, no. bit, of a bit of a shambles, wasn't it? They were relegated to the conference in 2003, but promoted back again in 2008. They've been in the league ever since. They are a fan-owned club, aren't they, I think? Um, yeah, yeah. They've completely renovated their ground over the last few years. and The job they've done is actually really good, isn't it? When you look at it, especially with that big terracing behind the goal. Um, and one of the reasons they've been able to do that is they've invested so much in the youth set up there haven't they and they've made so much money off it too like the likes of I think it's Grimes going to Swansea and um, Ampadu, Ampadu to, to Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. and I'm yeah. sure they've had a couple more as well they've got yeah they have they've, they've, Harley they've, I think is it yeah they've, they've made several million in the last uh, in the last sort of five or yeah. six years and uh, they've invested it wisely yeah and like I said they've, they've got a ground now where they don't really need to do any no, major no, works to no. it, do they? So I mean, Christ, they've even put a cover on the away end these days. So. Oh, the, it's a proper terrace though, though, isn't it? Yeah, it used to be yeah. just a few steps and yeah. some weird chicken wire fence, wasn't it? Behind the, yeah, you, the you could you could climb the trees over the road and watch if you wanted. Well, we should, should have done that this weekend, shouldn't we, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good one. Celebrity fans, you've dug these ones out for me, Dan, haven't you? Yeah, you, well, Exeter City, you can't not mention the day that uh, Uri Geller turned up with Michael Jackson and David Blaine in tow. Which uh, just the it, if you if you have if you're not aware of this story, just Google it. Cause it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Absolutely crackers. Yeah. And uh, away from that bizarre trio, uh, Joss Stone, the singer. There you go. Yeah. So that uh, quite quite the motley crew there, isn't it? Really. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Head to heads. Um, we've only ever played one cup game against them, which we um, sorry two cup games against them. We've drawn one and lost one. Um, I'm guessing that there's a replay, probably. Yeah. Looking at overall, we haven't got a particularly great record against them, have we, really? They're one of those bogey teams. That, always entertaining games against them, though, isn't it? There's always goals. 
but we, we, the record is basically in all games is 19 wins to us, 18 draws, and 26 wins to Exeter. So we're struggling a little bit behind at the moment. Our last trip to Exeter came in August 2018 because we didn't play them away last season, did we? No, because of the season of the, called off. Yeah. We lost 3 1 in John Sheridan's first competitive fixture in charge. Richie Bennett scored the United goal that day. Uh, a rare sight that was, I imagine. Yeah, uh, a team we sort of thought would maybe have a little bit of a playoff hangover again this season, but they've, they've started okay, haven't they, really? Um, yeah, they're, they're doing well. I've just uh, been looking at the form, and six games in uh, October, they've basically won the three home games and drawn the three away games. So they, yeah. uh, it they're sounds as though they're like, they? yeah, they're set, set up to win at home and. They're setting up to take the point away from home and yeah. draws at Leighton Orient and Walsall, uh, solid enough opponents. They'll probably be a, a bit disappointed at drawing at South End. Yeah, not, not, uh, not one you want to look at, I is think, it really? I think that was a ni- 95th minute equaliser for Exeter as well. Yeah, so. yeah it was but, a close uh, one, I remember that. Yeah. But obviously, one of the wins was a 2 0 win over Cambridge United. They're the only team that's beaten Cambridge United this season, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah. quite an impressive on that one. They're currently, uh, also you mentioned there, they're sixth in the form table. They're also sixth place in the uh, normal table on 16 points. Two places and one point behind United. I, I would say this is probably, uh, obviously, when we got beat at Cambridge, we didn't know they were going to go so well. This is probably the first sort of test of our team. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the first, particularly with being away from home yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And our record against them is not particularly great. Yeah. Um, it, it will be a tough test and... It'll be interesting, obviously, to see whether Beach does make any changes and yeah, how yeah. they're going to line up. Their manager is uh, Matt Taylor. We mentioned this in the League Two season preview, but we'll, we'll just repeat it again. He had a quite unusual career path, didn't he? Um, he started out, he came through Preston, he's from Charlie, came through Preston North End's academy as a goalkeeper. He did the sort of non-league Northwest circuit. He won the FA, was it FA Trophy or FA Vars, one of the two, with Bursco playing as a goalkeeper. And I think his manager at Bursco was Sean Teal for a short while. Um, so he did all that. And then he started uni. And when he went to uni, he was playing, I think, for Sheffield Hallam uh, when he was at uni uh, for their team as a defender, as a centre-back. Um, and he was spotted by the guy who runs Team Bath, who quite famously you know, got to the FA Cup first round, didn't they, a, a few years back. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, he convinced him to come down and do another uh, like a sort of master's degree down for Team Bath playing as a centre-back, and he did so well there. I think quite a few players, didn't they? They moved from um, Team Bath to Exeter, didn't they? Yeah, uh, About yeah. that time. And he's one of them, and he moved to Exeter, and he became a really popular player there. He had a spell at Charlton as well, and then he eventually moved, returned to Exeter as manager after spending a bit of time as player coach as, at uh, Bath City. That's the other team in Bath, I should say. He, he's done okay so far. He sort of carried on really where... Tisdale left off, hasn't he? Really, he's, he's done a steady job there, but every season they just don't seem to be able to get over that final hurdle of promotion in the playoffs, do they? No, and uh, they've, you know, like as we sort of said for the pre-season, there has to be a year where they do sort of slip back, and we did wonder if it would be this season because a lot of the uh, the sort of names you associate with them in the last couple of years moved on, but. You know, fair play to them that uh, they're doing as well this season so far. Indeed. Um, they have actually made an emergency loan signing this week, haven't they? They've brought in Icelandic youth international keeper 
Jockel Anderson, Anderson, sorry, uh, from Reading to cover for injuries. They actually had a fifteen-year-old as their backup keeper at the weekend, apparently, which is crazy, really. Yeah, that is. That's quite mad, isn't it? So cl- clearly, they did need to bring someone in because I think the first choice keeper basically was playing through an injury over the last couple yeah. of games, which makes it all the more impressive that they didn't. Jo- lose Anderson those games. is an Icelandic under nineteen international as That's well. That's the one. Yes, news something like that. Like we said in the season preview, that they've got they've still got a pretty decent squad, haven't they? And it, Rory McArdle was one who didn't do that well at Scunthorpe, but always been a decent defender and decent bit of experience they brought in over the summer. Loose Page, who's a good left back from Charlton, they signed. I mean, Pierce Sweeney's always been a decent defender there as well. And when you look through the rest of the squad, you know, there's good players there. Nicky Law's always been a quality player. Jake, well, Jake Taylor's the one that stands out for me. He's obviously been there a while now, but uh, mm. he's scored in the last three games, so he's obviously. Uh, on form at the moment, and uh, mm. the squad does also feature two ex United players, and that's Ryan Bowman and uh, Tom Parks. He's done well for himself, Ryan, hasn't he? Really, considering he was sort of let go and sort of went into non league after leaving us. So, yeah, he's, he's been he's been at a fair few clubs uh, for memory now, hasn't he? He's think, uh, is he married to a, a lass from down that way, isn't he? I possibly think. That's why I think he moved back there. I, I remember him doing uh, sort of York and Gateshead. Uh, he was at Darlington. I think he was at Hereford and Torquay as yeah. well. He went to Motherwell, didn't and he? And then he was at Motherwell for two and a half years before moving down to uh, Exeter. And he was one when he came through at Carlisle. A lot was thought of him. And we were a League One team then, and he he just wasn't that level at the time. And I think if if he'd came through now, he would probably have done better. Yeah, with well, being in League Two. Yeah, your likes of round about then would have been what your likes of your Lee Millers, your Zokos, your Lloyds, your what not. He was always going to struggle to get into the team ahead of them, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in in Tom Parks, you've just got the. The quintessential solid lower league central defender, haven't you? You know, he he did his his years at Bristol Rovers, a year at Orient, two solid seasons for us, and he's uh, by all accounts has been fairly solid for Exeter. I always think he was quite a good player on the ball. You know, he was quite he was quite a good complement to sort of a stopping centre back next to him because yeah. he could bring the ball out a little bit, couldn't he? So and he, he always chipped in with the occasional goal as well. Hmm, he did, he did. Okay, so that's sort of a lot general sort of preview chat done. Bit of team news. Nothing new for United by the looks of things, is it? We haven't heard anything. No, uh, I, I assume Beach, Norm, Beach normally does his press conference uh, on a Thursday when we're yeah. uh, recording, so it's not the best for us. But <laughs> we, we, we don't expect there to be much much difference this week. So injuries, as, as we previously said, Ethan Walker and Brennan Dickinson are both out until the new year. Uh, Amari Patrick and Josh Dixon are still sort of working their way back to full fitness. And I think that's it at the moment. Obviously, you've got your... Your four lads are out, uh, on loan, haven't you? The, uh, the first year pros. Um, I think the only first year pros left at the club now is um, Charters and Tom Wilson, isn't it? I think Tom Wilson's injured still. So he probably won't feature until the new year either, I guess. No. Exit's team years, I've not been able to find any, to be brutally honest. There's nothing online yet, but. We're think, not very good at this part, are we? No, no. Well, it, it's very dependent on the opposition getting the, the stuff out there as well. I think they have some concerns regarding COVID, though, because they played Scunfort quite recently, didn't they? So, yeah, with all yeah. the positive tests at Scunfort, I think they're keeping an eye on that just yeah. to see whether any players are affected. I, I, I think I think that's gonna that's gonna be the story at a lot of clubs for the. It amazes me. There's been nothing at CFC yet, really, at Carlisle. 
Yeah. I mean, but then again, we're probably a bit more isolated than other clubs. So yeah. Maybe it helps yeah. a little bit in that yeah. sense. But, uh, but yeah, so predictions, Dan. Well, why, why change the habit of a lifetime? And let's be honest, you would take a 1-1 draw in this game. And he's going he's gonna to score them. Uh, I will go for... Own goal? Callum Guy. Callum Guy, okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm on the wagon with you. I'm going for it. 1-1 <laughs> this weekend, I reckon. Goal scored by Josh Coyote. He's, he's due one. He's due, he's due one, one and he yeah. played well, on, played well I, in the group. I think as well, once he gets one, a couple might follow. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine yeah. I can see that happening. Although typically he'll get he'll get one and get another and then he'll go on international duty and he'll be missing for a few games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Law. So, yeah. Okay, it's on to the next bit is the X-Files, looking at what former United players and coaches have been getting up to across the world. Um have only really got a couple this week, haven't we? Um, yeah. It's, first it's, one there is quite a, a landmark goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Patrick Bruff scored a, a daisy cutter for Barrow uh, in their first... It was, I think it was his first league goal in yeah. Barrow's first league win for nearly 50 years. So, mm. uh, and also the Mansfield manager got uh, sacked after the game. He did, I, I always thought it was a very weird appointment for Mansfield, you know. They, they, they went out their way to poach him from Bristol Rovers. And he's not really done anything particularly special there. He's not like one of you think, there's somebody who's definitely going to get you out of this division. Bristol Rovers was his first job, Coughlin. And like I said, he hadn't done much. But reportedly, I think he lived around the Mansfield way, so yeah, it yeah. made sense for him to move back. But he clearly just wasn't up to the job yeah. as manager. And, you know, we, I think we did. We predict they would do well this season. I think. Yeah, and, uh, I think we said they'd do all right, but uh, yeah. they're just they're just doing nothing other. No, but. they're they're very archetypal of a, a squad at this a team at this level that just tries to throw money at it, don't they, to, yeah. to get up, and it just does not work that yeah. way sometimes. But um, but yeah, yeah. and obviously and the, the, the the only other one is uh, starting to become a bit regular. Charlie White scoring yet again for Sunderland. I think that's six in ten games this season for him. Can't stop, uh, can so, I think every time we mention him, he scores. So I think I might back him for first goal at the weekend. <laughs> um, not a exploit because he's still on the books here, but probably worth giving a shout out to Charlie Birch who uh, scored his first goal for Kendall the other day. Uh, well done to him. He seems, by all counts, the lads are doing pretty well up down at Kendall. Obviously, we, we we sort of said there's a concern that you know is that the end of. Their car United career. Sometimes you you worry, don't you? But you know, by all accounts, they're doing well. And I think having half a season there is the best thing for them. Go yeah, for it's, one it's, month, no good, it, really. It's proper football. The the playing reg- regularly. Uh, I know Jamie Armstrong's also made the move down now, and you know it's the problem with not having a reserve team is these lads don't get any games. So to be involved in a match day, you know, it can only be good for them. Indeed, it can. Indeed, it can. I think that's it for this week, Dan. Um, thank you once again for joining me. No always, always appreciated. If you haven't seen already the the uh, special episode with John Coleman, the interview about his new book, Bolts from the Blues, is now available to download from all the usual places. Um, I, if I do say so myself, I think it's a really cracking listen. It's really interesting to hear from John about um, his process of actually recording the uh, sorry recording of writing the book, how he decided on you know which goals he wanted and. Things like that. Also talking just about what it's been like reporting on United during these uh, very strange times. Um, it's really, really good to have a catch up with John. Um, I would recommend you go and listen to it. I don't know if you yeah, have Yeah, definitely worth a listen. Yeah, I've uh, I listened to it while uh, 
tidying my bathroom earlier. Oh, very nice, very nice indeed. Um, so yeah, uh, not. I know we keep saying it, but we are going to do the kids special soon. Are you? You're just tidying up the uh, yeah, just fifty uh, bits for it, and we'll uh, yeah, yeah. we'll get on to it soon. Um, yeah, so if you've got any comments or feedback or there's anything you'd like to suggest we discuss, please send them with the usual channels. So on Twitter, it's at Brunton Bugle, and by email, it's bruntonbugle at gmail.com. If you haven't already, uh, please remember you can subscribe to the podcast. Uh, all the usual podcast apps have it, so your Spotify, your Google Podcasts, your Apple Podcasts, your Acast, things like that. They should all have it. Just search for Brunton Bugle and uh, click the subscribe uh, button. And also, if you can give us a review, we'd really appreciate it. Even more so if you give us five stars. It's always uh, very much welcomed. Time for the map, Dan. Uh, Any new ones? I don't think there is, you know. I'm I know, I know, I know of a couple of listeners who this is one of their favourite parts. It, it doesn't look like it. Germany's still on one, so big Tommy Muller's still listening. No, just Cyprus, Sweden, Denmark, Canada. A bit of that probably be Tim, I'd imagine, wouldn't it? <laughs> Ch- these are all the countries basically: Chile, Portugal, Netherlands, Ireland, New Zealand, Norway, Vietnam, Australia, United States, and of course United Kingdom by far on top. We've got quite a few listeners in the USA though, so. Yeah. Good to hear our uh, good, good. USA soccer fans are listening. Um, yeah. Just looking down through the list here, quite quite of the places in the UK where people are listening. Quite a few different places. Um, Liverpool used to be near the top, but it's not now. Carlisle's obviously top. Then London, Dumfries. It's quite high up. Uh, clearly, Queen of the South are not that interesting to yeah. people north of the border. What kind of places? Shadwell, Epsom. I'm just going to be listing places in the UK now. Aren't I? I could go on for ages. Newton the Willows, which is down the road from me. Shepherd's Bush, Cleetermore, all the places in the UK, everyone's listening. <laughs> uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, we'll be back, uh, I think, early next week. We'll probably try and do a quick preview show about the Newport game, and then obviously we'll look ahead to the Hazen Yedding one. A week after that, we won't be doing a preview show for the trophy tie because we really couldn't give a shit about it. We'll be too busy ordering Domino's pizza yeah. that night. Domino's loyal, all the yeah. way. If you're pizza based, clap your hands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. That, that's probably the schedule for the next few weeks. Thankfully, it'll calm down a little bit, so there'll be a bit more of a gap between episodes. But we'll have those specials coming as well, so I uh, look forward to putting them out. So, uh, yes, uh, Dan, thanks once again for listening. I uh, look forward to the game this weekend. Uh, going to be a good one, hopefully. And uh, up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.